Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And And you're you're about about to get get jumped. Welcome to episode 121 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Hunter x Hunter episodes 122 through 126, where Ikalgo plays through the pain, Palm has changed just a bit, and Netero takes the Chimera Ant King to the desert for a game of slaps. You know, the game of slaps, the ever-loving game where one person puts their hands under the other person's hands and the other person puts their hands on top and whoever slaps the other person's hand first gets to destroy the world in a genocide of one of their species that's how slaps works i don't know if you've been playing it wrong but that's how it's played um nobody can convince me otherwise and let's begin but pull out your hands what? Okay. <laughs> hey, everybody. Uh, so, uh, we have a bunch of stuff to talk about uh, podcast-wise this week. It's um, nighttime. One of... Nighttime. Yeah. <laughs> the daytime <laughs> of the night. <laughs> <laughs> that is the funniest fucking video. <laughs> yeah. Oh All right, my God. talk about uh, if you if you don't know what we're talking about, by the way, you should look up Flight of the Concords, and I believe it's called Jenny. It is. Um, called it's Jenny. just. Oh my God! It's just one of the funniest Flight of the Concords stand-up bits they've ever done. It's very um, good. Anyways, uh, uh, we are going to uh, not go over anime news of this week. Instead, we're going to go over podcast news. Um, so uh, the first and foremost thing that happened, which is super important to us and also to you, if you're interested in more content, um, we voted and uh, decided with our patrons what we are going to be covering in uh, our patron only episodes that are going to be coming out once a month so in the first of every month starting on july 1st uh, we are going to be releasing um patreon only episodes on our patreon page um and the show that is going to be covered in that is going to be bleach um i am super super excited about this um just because number one i want to rewatch bleach and number two this is our our first big push inside of patreon to try to bolster that up um just a heads up we've we've kind of been playing back and forth um looking at different uh advertising options if uh people are interested in that i'm never interested in that but it's it's you know it's it's really exciting to be working on a show and be able to keep on pushing it forward but at some point we had to you know we're, we're gonna have to make a decision on this um because of that we decided to provide more content than less um we will still be putting out our uh, you know our our episodes of the month every month um one a week um but if you are a patron you are going to get an extra bonus episode um and it is going to be covering bleach um there might be more content coming out on the line for patreons only um and if you want to be a part of that uh feel free to jump on over there and become a part um it's for as little as like three dollars a month i think is what we set as our our lowest one um and for that you're getting you know a, a five you know between four and five episodes of content a month, um, most of them being free, and then one of them being Bleach. So, so yeah. <laughs> coronavirus 
uh, and Bleach. Uh, I read something about this. <laughs> uh, joke is here somehow. Is that I what don't we're doing remember. that for? <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but anyways, speaking don't drink of new shows, the answer kids. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, so the the other thing that is uh, big news, uh, and we decided to go this route. Uh, well, um, Blake uh, I, and I didn't talk about it as much as I, I decided to put up the the poll because I thought it was interesting. Um, we are doing our our voting for the next show um, on Patreon as well. That's going to be um, after Soul Eater. You don't have to be a patron to vote on that show. You just have to be on Patreon. Um, and our, our link is on Twitter. I'm going to be, our Blake is going to be posting it on Reddit. I did um, post it posting... on Reddit. Okay, well, it's on Reddit. Um, so it's already there. Um, so if you are interested in voting on the shows, a reminder, um, if you want to vote on one of the four shows, your choices are Kill a Kill, Avatar The Last Airbender, Irregular at Magic High School, and uh, the Fate series that I chose that's on there. Um, uh, Their names you, are if interchangeable. You me, <laughs> if you love me, don't vote for the last one. And if you hate me, vote for the last one, I guess. Is this going to be another JoJo's Bizarre Adventure situation if we get the last one? No, I think it's going to be more enjoyable than that. Um, okay. Just, I'm, I'm just going to throw it out there. I went to vote today, right and I did not remember my Patreon login, and so I didn't vote. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm going to throw it out there already that we are we are already seeing a lot of votes in there. That's uh, good. Well, a lot of votes because I just posted it today. It's um, Tuesday, um, and I just posted about it. Um, and there's there's nine votes in and I, Patreon is interesting because it doesn't it doesn't show you who's win in the race. <laughs> oh, so um, we know that people have voted, poll. but we don't know what they voted for. Oh, we we can see what they have voted oh, for. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. So it's I like that because you know sometimes you go to vote on something and you're like, well, I wanted to pick option B, but everybody else likes option A, and I'm not gonna win if I pick option B. But I could win if I pick a different option that I am almost as happy with. So this way, people just have to vote with their heart, which is good. Vote from your heart, everybody. That's use the, the heart of the, the votes trick. guide you. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm what? so happy that that Yu Gi Oh is not an option. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think it's on the speaking... list of potential shows, and I don't know that we'll ever do it because, like. Can you imagine? That would be a good Patreon one, though, because Yu-Gi-Oh! is hilarious. It is so funny. Okay, but like, with that being you know, said... Not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> with that... Well, I, I will I will throw it out there as well. Um, I, I, I did leave it open as well. If somebody is is really really interested in well uh, as well as a show for a different show that's going to be on there we're always happy to um to hear about those shows as well and uh we can end up adding them onto it to see if we can get a dark horse in the race so if you have a different show that you wanted to uh, promote on there we are not going to be closing uh voting on this until we release the last episode of soul eater um so you have until then uh to to vote on this um i think when a little bit longer because the last episode of soul eater soul eater is next 
Yeah. So, I mean, we are going to be releasing, you know, this episode is going to be released this Friday. And then after that, there's, you know, another Friday. So it's like two weeks, basically. Yeah. That you have, you know, or one, one and a half week. You have some weeks um, in order to vote on this still. So we, we could get a dark horse, but you have to tell us. Um, and this is one of the things that we're, we're not trying to be, you know, sleazy about it to get you to go in there and chat with us. But we do want to talk to you guys. Also, <laughs> if you want I, a show. I get so jealous of other people that are like, like my, my audience talks to me all the time. And I'm just like, they almost never talk to us. Yeah, nobody talks to us. <laughs> it's a little demoralizing, but whatever. Uh, I will say, if you have a Dark Horse show that you don't want to add to the poll, but you do want to suggest maybe because of those political reasons where you're like, I would like to see this show covered, but it's not on the poll now. And I don't think it's going to win if you're that way. Cause I would be that way. Uh, still tell us about it because we keep a list and uh, we will mark it down. And the next time a show ends, it is extensive. we will put it up and let me tell you this. We're covering Hunter X Hunter today. And I we're so close to the end of Hunter X Hunter that I actually planned out through the end of Hunter X Hunter, obviously not for all the shows, just for Hunter, but we have, I mean, it's going to be a while. Uh, we've got after this one, one, two, three, four, five Hunter X Hunter episodes. So uh, by the end of the year, we'll be done with this show. And this was one of our founding shows. It's a very long show. We have been at it for a while. So this is an opportunity that's coming up soon. Um, It'll probably be the one that ends next unless we pick a really short show to replace Soul Eater. So like, if you have something you want to suggest, bring it up. (laughs) And even if you don't want us to put it in as an an extra fan submitted poll as your write-in candidate, you can still put it in for the next election. Yeah. By the way, um, I, I just I just took a peek really quick at the 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 back end of everything, um, and I I will say there is a dead heat uh, between Kill a Kill and Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, so this is as of Tuesday, but I mean it is it is as neck of, and neck as um, of day one, <laughs> before any of yeah. our episodes have been live with us talking <laughs> about it being live yet. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna yeah. change or not because. <laughs> But I haven't yeah. voted yet, so <laughs> I want one of my favorite things when I, I pulled up the the Patreon only voting ones um, is that I, I pulled it up and I was like I was like oh oh wait everyone has a vote for it um, okay fifth Patreon member you got to make a hard decision. <laughs> <laughs> Like new Patreon member swoops in to make the make the decision for everybody else, <laughs> um, but that has happened already. So don't get excited because we're watching Bleach and you can't stop. Do us. get excited because we're watching Bleach. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we are going to be uh, going to ahead and jumping into Hunter x Hunter. Um, oh. So, Blake, if you can give us what's happening next time. Um, and in the notes, Blake has uh, next time notes from Yu Hakusho. We're not going to be watching Oh, my it. God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to be even loosier and goosier than usual. Uh, oh, God. it's Nothing can be worse when I try to do it. Yeah. Do you, do you want to roll me into one of those? <laughs> no, I don't. Although maybe I do. Because here, okay, so I, I've mentioned a few times I like to listen to things chronologically. I like to do anything chronologically. Yeah. And by like, I mean, I have a compulsive need to do anything chronologically and I cannot stop myself. So uh, I listened to our show 
and I listen to the backlog of our show, and I listen to one one or fewer episodes a week. I try to listen to one a week, but sometimes I don't hit it. So I'm behind by by a couple of years uh, at this point, which is weird to say because it doesn't feel like we've been doing this that long. But uh, in the early days, <laughs> it was not established that Spencer would tee me up for a previously on that I would always do in a semi-prepared fashion. And it would kind of go to whoever jumped on it first. And that was usually Spencer. And my God, (laughs) Spencer's summaries are amazing. (laughs) Which is to say, Spencer, can you summarize what's been going on in this show? Because I'd like to relive those times. Okay. All right. So we're watching Hunter x Hunter and some shit has been going down, you guys. Um, so, uh, not only have we been following the adventures of Gon and Killua throughout a world of, uh, crazy people that also want to do things like, uh, be gourmet food chefs and also hunt monsters and also hunt treasure and also hunt many different things. But it is also a world where people have the most random powers that you can think of um, because your power is what you can think of. <laughs> have you ever realized that about Hunter x Hunter? It's really yeah. all about imagination land. It's You, you kind of create your own power. It's not like everybody's power is their imagination unfettered, but yes. Yeah. Anyways, um, so uh, our main characters, uh, what they have been going through recently is that they have teamed up with a band of hunters that is run by the hunter organization to stop an infestation of these horrible anthropomorphic uh, ant monsters that are also semi uh, based on different animals as well. Um, their leader um, is, we know his name, is the, the king, uh, um, oh god, I think it's Melior, Meliorum, Melior, no, how do I pronounce it? That's a different it? character. How do I pronounce his name? Meruem. <laughs> okay, I wanted to say Meliodas, and I knew that was wrong. because You said Meliorum, which is a different sense. character in Hunter x Hunter, and Meliodas. Meliorum is also a t- <laughs> This is why we don't let me do this, um, because I'm so bad with names, you guys. Anyways, <laughs> let's jump back in. Okay, so um, what else has been happening? Okay, so they met an octopus uh, who can shoot bullets. Um, there's going to be a whole episode about him, and I wish I skipped it. Um, there are also the uh, the three royal guards, um, which are um, named you know, different funny things. My favorite <laughs> is UP. Um, <laughs> they sure are. Nefer P2, UP, and also Poof. Um, <laughs> and, uh, oh God. And Peggy. He just like opens up it. When he opens up his back and there's just like a little fly of himself that flies out. Whatever, I'm getting ahead of myself. Anyways, um, so what happened most recently, though, is that the leader of the Hunter organization um, has challenged the king to a battle to the death. Um, they flew off on a nin dragon that uh, fell out of the sky and rained fire over the compound the king was in um, and uh, now is dropping them off in the middle of uh, a deserted wasteland area, which is going to be very important later on. Um, and then we also have Gon, who is waiting for um, Neferpitu, uh to finish healing um, 
the king's snotty friend who played a, a lot of games with her um and uh she was she was she was damaged yeah, inside of the the raining fire from the sky um and then what else happened uh oh yeah um so we the other band of hunters had fought against Yupi um and it it got real intense and then they decided that they didn't want to fight each other anymore and so they split ways um and we're going to find out what happened to all of them in this episode which starts with kind of episode 122 pose x and x name <laughs> and uh as you'll see i have color coded major plot points and we should save yellow to the end because that's the most important uh but it is also the oh, yeah. main plot point so it's most of most of these episodes with like, the exception of the next one which is just it might as well be filler i don't think it is filler but it it, it is <laughs> in our opinions of the character that it is following um, it should have been filler. Um, so this this episode has two different plots that are taking place at the same time. Um, first and foremost, Meruem and uh, and Netero are in their. Uh, I like that you put down the DBZ wasteland to yeah, fight. Yeah, they arrive in a Dragon Ball Z like, wasteland. <laughs> you know I think how... of it as just Namek after Frieza started to explode Namek. <laughs> but also the Saiyan saga. Like they the Saiyans show up and they appear in cities and all this kind of shit. And then when it's time to fight them, they are in a wasteland. And I think they do it's that the on same purpose. When they're I think fighting one Majin of the characters Buu has a line as well. And when they fight Cell. Yeah. Man, they, they literally they definitely do. It's like in Power Rangers when they fight the monsters at the rock quarry. Because uh, the rock quarry doesn't have any passersby, and it's probably really easy to get a filming permanent. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've been rewatching Power Rangers periodically like when I guy. just want to like veg out on something silly, and uh, they fight in the rock quarry like almost every episode. <laughs> I, all I can think about is just like that one guy that's like biking by in the background who like looks over and sees them fighting and he's like, no, not today. <laughs> there are a few times in Power Rangers. This is so great. Power Rangers is amazing, by the way. Uh, the, all, not all seasons are created equal, but they are all campy absurdity. And uh, the uh, there have been multiple times where like one of the characters will grab another, you know, the heroes and the villains are fighting each other and somebody's going to grab another one. And then they'll do that kind of like, you know, uh, super synthetic jump. And then the camera will cut and they will land in the rock quarry wherever they were. They jumped up and landed in the rock quarry. (laughs) And it's always cut together in a way that they're like, they kind of grabbed each other and grappled at, and f- you know i don't know fell down this hill or whatever but they it doesn't matter where they are they show up at the same rock quarry so like <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> anyway so they there's like, there's like, and Netero, there's like one guy there's like one guy in a back lot in california that was just like you know what i have outside of the back lot that's even cheaper than this back lot uh-huh. this abandoned rock quarry oh yeah that's a good point i think the rock quarry is american footage because I think they've been seen without their costumes on in the rock quarry, but you don't, you know, you could tell the, the what's great about power Rangers is that it's, you know, if you don't know this, welcome to power Rangers with Blake and Spencer. Uh, the power Rangers series is a super Sentai series, which is a uh, Japanese costumed superheroes, essentially. 
and obviously those superheroes work a lot like Power Rangers in the campy ways and not like the Avengers in uh, the American superhero ways or, uh, you know, My Hero Academia or something like that. It's a very specific type of show. Uh, Power Rangers is the most popular in America, but there's a couple other ones like Common uh, Rider or Big Bad Beetleborgs. And oh god, that show! Uh, the <laughs> god, can you remember watching that they're, in my apartment? Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, explain to me what's happening, Blake. And he was just like, they're inexplicably in a house with like a wolfman and a mummy and yeah. some other stuff, and it, the, it doesn't can't matter. be part of the Japanese <laughs> version. And by that, I mean I know that it could be, but it just feels unlikely. Like it's they just, just what the. the the Power Rangers, you know, the different seasons have different things, but the original Power Rangers, it's like they're kids, they go to high school, they live, you know, they, they're living their lives doing, you know, they've got classes, they've got extracurricular activities, they have a place where the high school kids kind of hang out, and then monsters will attack and they'll deal with it. And Big Bad Beetleborgs was like, we need something like that too. Number one, our heroes are going to be children, not teenagers, and so they're going to do the thing where, like, when they transform, they also grow into adult size because the people in the suits are adults. Number two, they're going to become the big bad Beetleborgs, not because of, like, an alien dude picking them to have the powers, but because they go into a haunted house that has, like, 50s-style monsters in it that are doing campy comedy at all times, including that Elvis ghost guy. <laughs> And then they're oh, going yeah, to, I think they get their powers with like a ghost. book or something. It doesn't make any sense because the Beetleborgs are super mechanical and they're bug themed. Why are there monsters in a haunted house in this? Okay. So anyway, the, I got off on that tangent from the original tangent, which was all of these shows are uh, Japanese shows. And when you watch the American versions, much of these costumed fight sequences are just footage that they purchased from the Japanese shows. So that they're shooting about half of an episode's worth of content per episode. It's a really cheap way to make content. It's one of the things that helped Power Rangers be so successful because it cost very little to make. Um, and that's because it was already made and licensing the rights is way cheaper than making it yourself. Um, so uh, when they're not wearing their costumes, that's original content. And then sometimes they're in their costumes and they'll have original content too. Um, and you can usually tell the difference. Sometimes it'll switch back and forth mid fight because the Sentai series that they make the American Power Rangers off of are generally about two or three years old at the time that they make them. And the camera quality is not the same and you could tell and it's great. <laughs> yeah. Getting back to the show, though, because we huh? strayed from it so far. Um, well, that, you know, we had only started, to... and who knows if we were invested yeah. at all. All right. So we're going to leave this plot point, which is the main plot point, and go through the other episodes and come back to it. We're not going to miss these things. We know they happen in this episode, but let's cover the other things that are also happening. So... First, we're going to go to uh, P2, who is sitting in front of Gon. Gon is staring at her, and P2 is apparently giving a long and drawn-out explanation of what happened previously. So much so that instead of ever hearing it, the narrator is just like, it was a long and detailed explanation. (laughs) Which is uh, really fucking uh, ironic coming from the narrator here. (laughs) 
I was just like, way to call the pedal, uh, the kettle black. <laughs> also, okay, look, we're not going to get onto the same thing that we've gotten on before, but in these episodes, the narrator took a back seat more than he has for a long time. And yeah. the character spent still a lot of time thinking through things in, in excruciating detail, but they did it in their voice from their perspective. And every once in a while, the narrator would jump in and be like, they thought this because of this information. Like, this is actually a good example. Uh, Pito tells Shiapuf what's been happening since the castle was attacked, because this is the first time they have regrouped with each other since that happened. But Pitu is going to let out some information that Gon didn't know in order to uh, make sure that Gon's attention is on what Pitu is saying and not on Poof. Because Pitu knows that Poof has the ability to split his body into tiny clones of himself and leave a room while appearing not to have left it. And uh, so Pitu is facilitating that and using this new information to trick Gon. And we could have heard Pito think that through. We could have heard, heard Poof think, oh, this is a strategy. And either one of them could have explained it. And it would have been better. But the narrator mostly sat this one out and then was like, Pito threw in some extra information to keep Gon's attention. And like, that's correct. That's fine. It's better if the characters can do it. And they absolutely can in this situation. But this is a good example of like using the narrator sparingly to give the viewers information that the characters that the viewers need, but that the characters are not able to really organically give. Uh, yeah, but and- there is a moment where like Poof thinks to himself as well, like this is a good opportunity for me to do this. Um, yes. It's also a, a good opportunity because I can, I can leave up to a third of myself and still retain this form inside of this area. Um, and we see him slowly start to leave his, his back out the back. Um, there's also a really leave cool his back out the back. Like, yeah, um, there's also a cool shot where he is like facing forward, and you see his normal face listening, and then it cuts to his face with like this really sinister grin on. Um, it's like a it's it's just a cool juxtaposition that shows like the um, the nature of Poof, where it's just like he is. He is hypersensitive, and then he is also crazy as hell, and then he is also able to retain a strong poker face in front of people. Yeah, um, so one of the interesting things about the royal guard, characters. huh? He's a really interesting character, is what I was saying. Yeah, I was going to say one of the really interesting things about the royal guard, and something that they don't spend a lot of time on the, in the story, and I wish they had, is. The three of them nominally have the same goal, which is serve the king. But they come to different understandings of what that means, and it causes tension in their ranks. And so that tension hasn't really come to the forefront, uh, and you mostly see it from Poof's perspective. Um, I don't. I honestly don't think Yupi is involved in that, but I think Pito is. Yupi is the kind of like blunt object character. Like he is just very simple and very focused on the thing. Um, and Poof is sort of the calculating character, whereas Pito is maybe striding the line between the two of them. But essentially, Pito has taken more of a serve the king in spirit, and Poof has a little bit more of a. I'm going to say traditional idea. It's not like our traditions, but basically the the way he believed that the king should be served 
in initially is how he still thinks it should be. So they have clashed sometimes on he thinks that they need to follow the king's orders and keep the king safe and that those two things should be at the top of the list. Pito agrees they should keep keep the king safe, but they should uh, do things that make the king happy. And they don't always agree on this. And essentially what this has come to is that Pito is starting to mistrust his fellow royal guards. Or sorry, uh, Poof is starting to mistrust his fellow royal guards and is kind of testing Pito in this scene to see how Pito is going to talk and react to see if he thinks that maybe something might need to be done about Pito in what he perceives as the king's best interest. Um, He is then going to fly away with his, you know, his clone body is going to be left behind. He's going to be able to reconstitute his main body and meet up with Yupi. And uh, Yupi is on his way to the king. And Poof is not sure he can trust Yupi either because of how much Pito has changed. Yupi must have changed as well. And he's actually changed quite a bit. Uh, physically, because he he is able to shift his form uh, in battle. So he's really different than the last time Poof saw him. And Poof is like, I don't know if either of these people should be the royal guards. Maybe we should uh, kill both of them, and that way I can protect the king myself, because I'm not sure if I think they're doing it the right way. Yeah. Um, then uh, Poof is going to reconstitute his body over by Yupi. Um, there's apparently a very long conversation that is going to go about here um, because in the time that it cuts back and forth uh, between them thinking about this and also Knuckle and them having a whole conversation um, real quick, uh, we are going to see that Poof's body is is full size instead of his little like uh, tiny fairy version of himself. Um, and Yupi is going to be a man Yupi has really really changed um because he is he has grown exponentially not only in the way that he looks and the way how complex he is starting to become his body shows that but also his character shows it um because he is he he does not know how much he trusts the world that he is in he doesn't understand really why they are murdering the humans that they are around um he is starting to question it um and starting to question if he should listen to his king or not um but he doesn't want to show this instead he wants to fly ahead of poof and go to where they think that the king is um that is is... going to take us what was that i was gonna say this is kind of again along those same lines and i think you you put a a really interesting spin on that which is that yupi and pito have both grown a lot from what has been happening both from what they've been observing of the king before the heroes invaded the castle and what they've gone through during that invasion they have been put into stressful and tense situations that have challenged the way that they wanted to go about things and has made them reevaluate their priorities because they were forced to choose a different strategy. Uh, Poof has also been faced with challenges, but instead of reevaluating his his sort of premise, he has doubled down. And so he has gone through a lot of these kinds of trial moments, but that has made him sort of harden his stance. Um, it is a character change. It's just not as dynamic of one, um, which is not to say that it's a worse character change, 
Um, I actually think it's a great character change in this scenario because if all of the Royal Guards got just like became stronger and more focused, that would be less interesting than what's happening now. Yeah. Cool. So that takes us into our next episode, arguably the worst of the episodes that we're watching today. And by arguably, I mean, it is the worst episode that we're watching today. Um, This is going to be episode 123, Cinepede X and X Memory. Yeah. So there are two friends who are not friends. And their names are Welfin and Ecalgo. Ecalgo is a octopus, and Welfin is a wolf guy. Um, this is how can filler. I put this in the dumbest way possible <laughs> to make it fun? Um, you know when one of your friends uh, shoots centipedes all over your brain, um, and so you decided to blow up your head and shoot them with your gun arm. Um, that's actually how we became. That's friends. what. Yeah, that's that's what happens inside of this episode. And uh, instead of just immediately taking them away after being shot in the arm, uh, your your Welfin friend uh, decides to get super, super upset with how his life is turning out. And he gets very existential on a on a table um, after being threatened at gunpoint. Um, to which, in the end, they decide to not kill each other, and then we'll go to the next episode. Yeah, this is just... I kept waiting for the stuff with Ikalgo to matter, and it doesn't. Like, I don't think he's going to come back in any relevant way. Like, we're very close to the end of this conflict, and he has been on this whole mission, this whole cat-and-mouse uh, game where he's been trying to like outsmart and set up traps and all this stuff and he has gotten a lot of screen time and this whole mission was so that he could figure out where Palm is and get her out of here and at the end of this episode Welfin is going to reveal that he knows Palm's location and we will see that it is because Palm has been put into a cocoon to turn her into a chimera ant, which is a new thing we didn't know that they could do previously. But, you know, here we go. Today I learned. So at, as we see the the cocoon that he is telling a cow go about, Palm gets out of it. And then in the next episode, she's going to run into one of the other heroes making everything a cow go did completely pointless. Yep. So let's go into the next episode. Uh, episode 124, Breakdown X and X Awakening. Uh, so this episode has uh, not a lot of information that you need. Uh, it's a it's, decent it's, episode. Yeah, it's it's decent in the fact that we get a we get a more nuanced version of Palm and also a more nuanced and caring version of Killua. Um, yeah, it's I, also got I, a good I, fight in it. Uh, it's brief, but it's nice. Yeah, there's there's just so so Palm and Killua are going to crash, uh, not crash, but clash. Um, and the reasoning why is that Killua knows that she has been turned into a Chimera Ant because obviously she has. She looks like an ant monster now. Um, but to be fair. She could be wearing a costume. I'm just saying, <laughs> Killua may have killed the wrong thing if if he was going to kill her. Anyways, um, Killua though has a complete breakdown 
um, during this fight and right afterwards because Killua doesn't know how to really help Gon. And that is one of the most important things to take away from this show is it is it is really, really interesting to watch somebody who has been gaslit his entire life suddenly know true friendship and every time he is faced with not knowing how to keep that friendship because he's a fundamentally broken kind of person he has like a break it's like his brain doesn't know how to commute uh, like compute the information that's coming into it and so he just like it's one of those moments where it would be like a cheesy Disney moment where it's like the power of love is making him grow his, you know, grow into a person. But that's true. Like the friendship between Killua and Gon is really pure. And I would argue is one of the best reasons to watch this show. Like Killua and Gon are just the best, the best, best friends I've ever seen in the anime before. Um, yeah, they, they're really the heart to of watch the show. Killua break down. I hate I hate watching Killua break down in this moment because it's just like he just he just is too broken of a person to know how to help really and he's like I'm losing him and I don't know what to do and I know what happens if you you basically take out all of your emotions and turn into something else I know what that is because I've been that and like I don't want gone to go down the same path that I went down yeah, and he just <laughs> gone is determined, and gone is is the kind of person that is just he gets something in his head and he's gonna do that thing, and he has this sort of tenacity and uh, stamina to push whatever he wants to push through through, and Killua yeah. is the kind of like f- a little bit flightier, a little bit more calculating, and so th- they both come into this impasse where Gon has set his mind on a path of uh, unwitting self-destruction and Killua can see it because of his own past experiences, but because he's not able to just lay his heart bare and, you know, because he's also understandably not sure if Gon would listen to him and if he might be risking the friendship for no gain, I guess, you know, if he doesn't listen to him, but he's pissed off enough that could be a total loss. And so he's just kind of stuck in this indecision loop while gone is barreling towards this, this bad moment. Yeah. Um, this is enough to snap palm out of for her, like becoming a chimera and brainwashing. Um, she snaps back to reality. Oh, there goes the gravity. Um, so yeah, there it goes. Um, bye gravity. Anyways, uh, um, (laughs) So uh, Palma's going to be back to normal. She is going to reconcile with Killua, and they are going to become allies again, and that's kind of where we leave this episode. Yeah, um, there's that... a little interesting tidbit, which is that Palm was the first of an experimental new soldier where they would try and turn people into chimera ants instead of eating people and then birthing new chimera ants. I guess that would be faster, Uh and they have noticed among the chimera ants in their ranks that the memories of being a human are atypically strong and are causing issues with the way that the chimera ants usually work. They are starting to doubt themselves or become too individualistic, and that's a problem. So they 
They tried to turn her into an ant and separate her emotions from her memories, I believe is what they say, so as to allow her to be more controllable. And uh, Killua, it looks like that's going to succeed. And then when Killua breaks down, it breaks Palm out of it. And Poof had one of his clones there and she knocks it away. And and he kind of like miles away is like, "Ah, failed experiment, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that takes us up in, into episode 125, Great Power X and Ultimate uh, and X Ultimate Power. So, this episode is going to um where the hell did Knuckle find them? I don't I understand. No idea. Did he come did he come to find uh like fight against Yuppie again? Did he decide that he was like it wasn't okay that Yuppie went away, so I need to find him and fight him. Whatever. Yeah, the, is the storytelling to... in these episodes is so different than it has been up till now. Up until now, it has been basically an audiobook with the narrator just telling us everything that's happening and everything the characters are thinking to an absurd like, degree don't, where don't you're tell like, me okay, you're missing the narrator. Yeah, I got I got it. I got it minutes ago. And in this episode, Knuckle, the last time we saw him several episodes ago, had just finished a fight with several other allies, and they were all together. And then he shows up in this other place, which we didn't... I don't know how he knew these characters were here at all. And yeah. he just appears. And the narrator's like, Knuckle was here to fight him. And I'm like, motherfucker... <laughs> okay, so um, what is happening is that uh, Knuckle has appeared inside of the room in order to get into a fight with uh, Poof or figure out who this strong person inside of this room is. Turns out Gon is sitting there. Um, uh, Poof is going to realize that he is um, not going to be able to fight with barely any of himself being left over there, and so he disintegrates into a bunch of pieces and flies away. Um Neferpitu then realize then then is shown to only have ten minutes left by Gon um, by Gon's calculation. Um, you also wrote down here that it's just like it, it turns out she didn't actually need the amount of time that she needed. Um, I don't remember that, but I guess sure. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That was uh, I believe the narrator told us this, but it was like yeah. So <laughs> when Gon first showed up and was like, "We're gonna fight." Pito was like, I can't fight you. I have to heal this person. And Gon was like, no, that's unacceptable. And Pito was like, I literally, like, I'm not going to leave without healing this person. I need three hours to heal them fully. I can heal them to the point where they won't just die in one hour. And in this scene, because of what Pete, uh, Poof did, Gon is going to be like, okay, you have 10 less minutes. So you have 50 minutes instead of 60 when what you actually originally requested was 180. And Pito was like, okay, I'll do what I can. And then the narrator, he's going to talk. He buries the lead a little bit because he starts his narration about being like, Pito's power had grown stronger after having used it each time. And then he's like, and the that's relevant because Pito knew when quoting a three-hour time period that it would probably only take one hour. And I think that they that Pizza was going to put Komugi back together better than new or maybe just like bullshit the time or whatever. But uh, essentially, f- from out of the blue, suddenly an hour was plenty of time and 50 minutes probably will be, too. So, sure. <laughs> OK, now let's take you back to the best 
best, 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 best part of these episodes. And that is unequivocally uh, run up to. I'm going to give you a run up to this man because this is. Uh, I would rank it as probably, probably the number three fight in all of Hunter X Hunter. Um, and I love a lot of the fights in Hunter X Hunter. I am I am a huge fan. I am so much a fan of fights inside of uh, different shows that like I it's look out for content coming at you about fights um, and breakdowns of them by me. Um, But this one is astonishingly good. I'm going to throw it out there that you should pause. You should go and look up Meroem versus Netero. If you have forgotten about it, or if you've never seen it, you should just watch these episodes Um, because you're going to, you're, you're in for a treat Um, because this fight starts out in a DBZ wasteland there is then a tete-a-tete fight between them where uh, Meruem is going to show that he um, started to respect different human beings that he deems worthy inside of the world. And so he wants to sit down and talk with Netero. Netero is just like, don't count me out yet. Um, you need to respect me. So he lays an attack onto him. It is a direct hit. Even though it is a direct hit that is very powerful, it is shown to be a gigantic golden statue that slams its hand into the ground with such force. Inside of this show, they don't just blow up rocks randomly. Um, It slams into the earth like a comet and breaks through the ground and smashes Meruem into it. And Meruem stands up, steps out of it, spits out a tiny bit of blood and sits back down and is just like, this is what you want. And uh, Netero is just like, oh, crap. And he, like, jumps backwards and gives him additional space because he's just like, okay, I'm really going to have to up my game in order to defeat him. And it is one of the best I'm your opponent now moments I've seen in this show. I think it might be my favorite I'm your opponent now moment inside of this show, to be honest. Interesting. Anyways. (laughs) Why is it interesting? Oh, I don't agree. (laughs) Why? I think that this fight is good. I think it's barely a fight, and I don't think it's that good. It's so good, you guys. don't. Yeah, I will say I am definitely in the minority here. This is frequently listed as one of the best fights in the show, if not the best fight, and not... I said third. It is third best. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is it is not infrequently listed as one of the best anime fights in general. Uh it's mm. for me there's something missing. I understand why people like it. Uh but, but basically the fight is Netero wants to fight and Meruem doesn't. Netero attacks him and Meruem is unfazed and refuses to fight and then at the very end they fight, but the characters move too fast for you to see it, and then it's over. So, okay. to me, the part about this fight that's missing is the part where they fight, and that's a big loss to me. So, like, even I remember you telling me when I first watched Hunter x Hunter years ago, like, oh my god, this fight is so good. And I was super pumped because usually, you know, you, you get the two big guns together and you're going to have, like, a real knockdown drag out explosion of awesome and uh from my perspective it's not they they 
the Netero uses one technique over and over. He doesn't move basically at all while using it. And Meruem uses no techniques. And uh, then the fight's over. And okay. I was just like, that, that was it? It was just a bummer so, for me. So first and foremost, this is episode 126 that we're talking about. Zero X and X Rose. So I would say the reason why I love this fight is the same reason why I love fights inside of My Hero Academia. If you haven't watched My Hero, you should watch it, number one. Number two, it has a lot of the beats that I love in My Hero that I would argue that are inside of this as well, except for it is turned on its head. Because one of the things that we are going to see is that Netero is fighting as hard as he can as an uphill battle to defeat Meruem. Meruem is figuring out his attacks slowly, figuring out all uh, 99 of the attacks that are used at, at first and foremost because he, he says that there are 100 of them. It's 100 different arms that he's fighting with and there's a bunch of different techniques and movement sequences that can come about. So it is different kinds of attacks. They look the same because they they can come from any direction at the same time. Um, and it's cool to watch uh, uh, Meruem start picking them apart. After seeing all of the base 99 attacks, he then figures out that there are small openings in between them. And like a chess player, he picks them apart and ends up putting Netero into a corner and in that corner, he uses his final attack, which knows he knows is basically going to kill him, which is where he uses this like big giant blast, um, which is this, they call it a primal scream, but it just looks like a laser blast from his mouth um, to shoot at Meruem. It hurts Meruem, but it does not kill him, and it almost completely kills Netero. Um, it's all of the energy that he has left, and... In the moment, at the very end, which is one of the reasons why this gets me so much every time, Netero reveals that he's just like, I don't care who you are. Your name is Meruem. I told you I would tell you if you got me into a corner I could no longer fight, but it never mattered because you forgot something about humanity, which is that they can use not only brute strength, but also this you know, part of their evolution is um, intelligence and creating weapons that are more powerful than a man could ever be. And he stops his heart. And when he stops his heart, he reveals that he had implanted in his body a nuclear device. And it, it was implanted just, nearby, but there's a, a heartbeat trigger. Yeah, it's it's connected to his heartbeat. And it will, it, it, it detonates. And what we see is... Meruem just getting swept up in this and also he has this great like comeuppance moment where he's just like um you had me in checkmate the whole time yeah and I was just like that's awesome the, that <laughs> is a really great part there is also a part that I liked better a little bit earlier on when Netero is uh Netero's kind of attacking defensively Meruem starts fighting him and Netero's moves are you know, he's able to have this big avatar use its giant hands really fast to protect himself. And Meruem starts to figure out Netero's moves and he removes one of Netero's legs and thinks oh, that yeah. he's, he's won. Like, and Netero he's like, after, is... he's he, After the next 10 moves, I'm taking your left leg. Yeah, and then he <laughs> does. And then he sits down and he's like, can we talk now? Because you are beaten. And Netero is like, you're 
uh, you're dumb because I'm not even close to beaten. And then they fight a little bit more and Meruem tells him... No, hold on. Hold on. He flexes his legs so hard that it shuts the wound. That's true. He does (laughs) flex his leg closed. Uh, (laughs) So uh, he then uh, then's like, okay, well, I'm going to take your arm next. And he does. And the thing about Netero's power is that he always brings his hands together in front of his chest in a praying motion before... Uh, moving them in a specific way to launch his attacks. And so Meruem is like, if I take one of his hands, he can't attack me because he cannot know, he can no longer make this praying motion. And he does that. And at that moment, Netero is like, oh, you're so foolish. Don't you know you don't need your hands to pray? It comes from your heart. And then he launches like this insane attack on uh, Meruem. And it's a really good moment. Yeah, I just, I... I love this fight so it is, much. I would I'm, say I'm frustrated it, that you poo poo on it. <laughs> I would say here's the thing. This this is to me. I think put it's, your poo poo in the toilet, Blake. <laughs> put your poo poo in the toilet. To me, I think this is a question of expectations. I I haven't this example of the Hangover, which is uh, I think supposed to be a pretty funny movie. I don't know if it holds up these days. It's been a while, but it's supposed to be pretty funny. When it came out, everybody lost their fucking minds. Everybody yes. went to see it. Many people went to see it multiple times and nobody would shut up about how funny it was. I intended to see it and I missed it. And then I saw it a few months later when it was on DVD and I was like, this is what everybody was talking about. So I think the problem is that it got built up in my head so much that it couldn't live up to it because it is funny. So it's not that funny. You're talking about so you're talking about like a miss miss expectation yeah so like and specifically your problem is that i built it up so much to you and not just you that the fact that it people mention this fight not it's common to hear about people talking about this fight particularly for just talking about this show and about how good it is and from my perspective it's not that it's not good here's the thing it's a good sequence and it's not much of a fight and I like characters fighting. <laughs> yeah, I I mean that the argument that you're making is is at least like you know I want to see what's happening. It's my same argument where I don't like DBZ fights. Yeah, like DBZ fights. Number one, put them in like. Uh, by the way, if if you like if you love DBZ, I, I don't have a problem with you. <laughs> People have put on. Uh, people have put on to our our reviews that they're just like, if you love fights so much, just watch DBZ and get over it. And I would argue that DBZ fights are way worse than a lot of fights in different anime, and DBZ fights are inferior to Dragon Ball fights. I don't care if it's a bad opinion or people that are mad about that opinion come talk to me about it because Dragon Ball fights are great and DBZ fights are. Uh, flashes of hands and gigantic blasts and nobody uses cool techniques anymore um so i would say that i would rather have a fight that is eclipsed into side of one episode that is going to have moments of the almost too fast to see moments because this show also doesn't do that very often yeah most of the time it's going to show it straight in your face and for this though it wanted to show you like Everybody else is at a really high level. These two people, or one ant, one person, are at a such 
an insanely high level than everybody else that it needs to be represented into a form where the audience can't follow exactly what's happening. They're seeing flashes of it and they literally need time to slow down some of these sequences in order for you to understand what's coming. So, I mean, like, I would argue that that's what makes this so good and other people doing this thing too often can ruin it for this one fight. Yeah, I agree. And again, I don't think it's bad. Um... It's just not what I was expecting. And this is, it's an extension to a lesser extent of a problem that I have had and voiced previously about Hunter x Hunter. I know this comes up, uh, this has come up before, uh, but many times Hunter x Hunter will tease a fight and then it will end up not being a fight. They just decide not to fight. Or it'll be a, a curb stomp battle where the characters don't have a back and forth. And with this, there's not much of a back and forth. There aren't many cool techniques or maneuvers. There's not a lot of one-upsmanship. However, the conversation that they're having and that the fight is representing is done well. It's just that from the perspective, if this is more of a conflict in which a few blows are exchanged than like an anime fight in which, you know, techniques are used in an escalating fashion. And so yeah. sort of, I think when you and people online and stuff built this up as like, Oh, this is an amazing fight. I was like, this is going to be an insane exchange of awesome techniques. I was also really excited because up until this point, you don't know what either of these characters can do. And I love learning about new techniques and mm-hmm. what you end up with is Netero's technique is a big statue that hits you, which is cool, but pretty simple. And Meruem's technique is he doesn't have one. He's just fast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it was just a, a lot of buildup and a lot of expectations. And admittedly, a lot of those ex- expectations are from my understanding of other shows in this genre that I grew up on, like Naruto and Bleach. Uh but uh, yeah, the Hunter x Hunter routinely does not hit those expectations. And this is an example of that. But it's one of the better examples because I think there's still some meat on the bones as far as a fight happening. And the stuff that's going on that's sort of fueling the fight is also interesting. So like, yeah, I don't want to say that I don't like it. Uh, but I was disappointed because it wasn't what I wanted. <laughs> well. You'll never get what you want. That's true. Anyways. Um, So uh, stick with us after these credits and we will talk about what's coming on next time. Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English. He's our level 10 sound wizard. Level 10? That's a lot of new levels. Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad free. And if you want to keep it that way too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B and S get jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer get jumped. Or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash R slash get jumped. If you like the show, please like subscribe and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform. And Hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching the last episodes of Soul Eater, numbers 48 through 51. You better get prepared, because I'm going to punch you so hard, your face is going to turn in half. Are you saying this to me?
oh, I'm just telling anybody that I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you so hard that your face is gonna turn in half. Jeez, <clears throat> this is a uh, not a good look on you. <laughs> look, sometimes I'm violent. <sighs> well, 